I'm Scott Blakeman getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Tom Saunders in Manhattan's Flatiron neighborhood asking the question, is time travel real? And I'm answering it. Yes. We do it every day on this Getting Through This podcast. And right now, in 2021, we are well into the future, especially we who are in that club of fortunates who attended the New York World's Fair of 1964, a future-looking wonderland that really was mostly uh, 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 what we could only see as far as 1980. So we are right this minute venturing into a time territory uncharted by even the Bell Telephone exhibit of the World's Fair. That's right, Tommy. You know, the 1964 New York World's Fair introduced the picture phone and the computer but no one at the time could have imagined a personal computer that, as you say, fits in the palm of your hand and is far more powerful than the giant mainframe computer of the 1960s at the University of Pennsylvania. With the ability to see people in crystal clear resolution on live video anywhere in the world. Now, we are getting through this think it's high time we started looking forward to the future with the breathless excitement felt by those visitors to Flushing Meadows in 1964 and that we appreciate the many wondrous inventions of today that give our lives pep, vim, and vigor. Oh, Scotty, so appreciated by me, that pep especially. You know, amazingly, in 2021, Scotty, I noticed after all this rain, there are still mud puddles after rain. Uh, and automobiles are still driven by humans who sometimes drive through these mud puddles and splash us. But you know what, Scotty? So what? Now we have a movie studio as small as a harmonica that we pick, keep in our pocket. And we call it an iPhone. We can take it out and film the splashing car and shame the driver on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook. Okay. Scotty, I feel like we're in an exclusive club. We who were dazzled by the magic of Flushing Meadows, Queens on a magic summer so many decades ago. And in those days, when you finished ogling the great General Motors exhibit, they gave you a little pin as you were leaving the, the exhibit and you could wear it on your lapel. And it said, I have seen the future. And if you go on Google, you, these little metal stamped wearables now go for as much as $6, Scott. Wow, I, I hope I saved mine. But Tommy, you know, there's many themes, many messages we put out. Of course, saving the world, making the world a better place is paramount. But what we want people to do is appreciate as I said, the wonders of today, of right now, the wondrous things that did come true and, and look to that future, the way everybody did waiting online at the GM exhibit or General Electric, look at, instead, instead now we say 2050, that's when all the polarized caps will melt. <laughs> now, I mean, that's something that, yes, we need to be aware of it so it doesn't happen, but right. let's also look forward to wonder. Let's think of what we really want. Can I, I you know, flying packs. Electric finally canoes, guys. Electric yeah. canoes, electric yeah. uh, 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 that, that will uh, uh, ferry us around once the water level rises so that we're, uh, the, the entire United States is like Venice in Italy. Uh, 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 we can imagine or, or imagine electric uh, shoe, uh, um, floatable shoes that I, I would really, you know, we just need to adapt to the, the, um, the, the uh, increased water level. And and um, and I bet you and, and and I'll bet you there's a lot of fun ways of doing that. But yeah. the fact, it, right, Scotty? Well, that's true. I mean, that's one way. If it does happen, let's be inventive and and, and come up with great ideas. Or 
we can come up with fantastic inventions that will scoop the water up, that'll replace the polar ice caps, and this is like a machine that'll do it. So that's oh, another way that's to fight Scott. global warming, just incredible inventions that will fight it. Calling the Nobel Prize Committee, what yeah. you just came up with. I cannot believe people have not come up with this uh, solution to global warming. Enormous air conditioning, refrigeration fans blowing onto the North Pole and, and the South yeah. Pole. Yeah, Polar ice they needed. Huge, yeah. enormous air conditioning uh, units that are refrigeration units. Uh, how, how difficult would that be? Obviously, they would be on on ships and they were just massive fans. And, and uh, uh, obviously, though, the problem is the electricity to power those huge air conditioners. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully by then they'll work at some energy saving uh, methods that won't it will bring the price That's back it. down. Uh, you know, we're also going to maybe dumping ice, continually dumping ice. Now you can say it's kind of heavy. But we'll have ice dumpers. I mean, well, that, you know, ice makers. Ice makers. We yeah. can make ice in a refrigerator. That, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah. is you take the the idea of the refrigerator. Basically, that's what uh, uh, Elon Musk did. He took the idea of a of of the uh, I, the iPad. You know, the iPhone that has the battery. And he said, "Why don't you?" And somebody said to him, "Why don't you make a car that runs on these batteries? Because they go forever and they're really powerful." And and that's what he did. He turned it into an electric. Well. Same kind of thing now, Scotty. Take the, the uh, uh, ice maker in your refrigerator, which, yeah. by the way, I never use mine. I just, but people have that, and, and, and it crunches out ice every so often. And, and why not? Uh, yeah, if it works for your own it, right, personal use, anything that works why for, wouldn't it work for, the, for, the, for the world. Polar know? ice caps. Uh, yeah. uh, that's the kind of future thinking that people used to. Uh, uh, planned for back in 1964, the the enormous technical uh, meeting the technical challenges with even bigger uh, means of technology, and in yeah. some way the future turned out to be better, uh, uh, different from how I predicted. Yeah, I mean there were a few things I was researching. Truthfully, all the things that didn't happen yet, I don't really miss. A lot of it was colonizing the moon. That was a big thing, <laughs> and they had these space age literally looking things, and oh, it's colonized. But that, yeah, I don't wake up every day going. I'm a little down. We never got that colonization. The yeah. moon's going, you know. Uh, I'm just happy for, you know, that, that we're still on planet Earth. I mean, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, that we don't have to leave the planet. And by the way, how boring if all the predictions made by corporate America actually came true for 1964. We'd be, if they all came true, it's like, okay. Yeah, that would be we'd it. We'd like, all oh, be well. driving around big American cars with clear bubble tops, which, by the way, would be hard to keep clean. I mean, how do you even have a windshield wiper for an entire bubble top car? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, it's, they didn't think you that, that. I do want the lovely, and then we do have, to some extent, the monorails going through the major cities. And yes. Actually, that has been incorporated. And even Bayonne, New Jersey, Jersey City, there's a light rail throughout New Jersey that's wondrous, goes right through the streets. And even in L.A., parts of L.A., you have these uh, light rails. So that's happening in, in that regard. No flying, uh, you know, as we say, no flying packs. But again, let, let's tell me, because, you know, people bemoan, oh, that never happened to people flying. I don't know that I would be, and I'll be quite honest with you, Tommy. I don't think I would be going, how was your day? Yeah, I flew over to uh, New Jersey on my flying pack. I don't know that I would. Yeah, interesting. You know, I would still say, ah, I don't know, the flying pack thing. And I mean, it's safe, but. Jetpack. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet I, I, yeah. The, the, you're talking about the jetpack as right. a means of, of flying around, that, that which did not happen. We've This has been discussed, and, and, and but it's never we've never really drilled down on the dangers i don't care if you wear a helmet 
if you if you uh, see i would be afraid i'd lose control and i'd wind up flying directly horizontally right into a brick wall and well, i don't yeah. care what kind of helmet you have uh, if you've got a if you're if you're being powered by a jetpack which to goes i'm guessing 120 200 miles an hour uh, yeah and also it seems they haven't worked it out. it looked good it looked good in all the illustrations and the animated things but it's just a lot of things. As you say, you could bump into something. You could run out of whatever you run out of running it. And again, I don't feel like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you're in the air. I, see, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so jetpacks are powered by something, right? There's some kind of yeah. jet fuel. Yeah, and, right. And so what if you're, you're uh, 8,000 feet into the air and you run out of jet? You know, it's like... <laughs> right, exactly. And, that, you know, that happens. So I, I think that, again, it's, it's a fun thing to think about. And I know some people bemoan the fact they don't have it. But I'm fine with this. So basically, to summarize, I'm not, I'm, I would have to say I can't think of one thing that they promised that didn't happen that bothers me. In fact, as yeah. you just said, the things they predicted came true even more. The picture phone in oh. their imagination was a blurry black and white, you know, thing, and then which didn't happen. It's a black. And, it was a black and white yeah. fo- a table model phone, yeah. which plugged into the wall like the phones did in those days. And it, I think it may have even had a dial. I'm not sure if it would be was put, put, push button at that point yet either. either. We have uh, uh, mocked uh, that phone uh, uh, and, and, and I hope we continue to do so because by, by making fun of, that, of their dim predictions, we can look at the actual phone. Well, the phone that I'm holding in my hand right oh, now. That's well, incredible. Yeah. And I mean, model, really, if we, that, it's amazing. It's, 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 it really is the size of about a, a, a harmonica. And it would be funny if they showed that back in 1964, people would laugh with derision. <laughs> well, that'll never happen. What, he's holding a phone and it's also a computer? You know, it would be unimaginable. What's a computer, they would ask? Well, that's true. I mean, they did have a little sneak preview of the giant, you know. Those enormous mainframes. Yeah, nothing you could ever own. Cards. There were thousands and millions of punch cards. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, well into the 90s, Albert Brooks' marvelous picture, I think it was Mother or one of his pictures, he's this guy showing off his picture phone that doesn't really work and no one cares. And it costs thousands of dollars and so and it and as we always say many times Tommy we appreciate the present where were the banner headlines and I, I mean banner headlines almost the size as men walk on moon yeah phone you know, fate, now vi- crystal clear video lets you talk to people around the world I well mean, we have marveled at that uh, uh, the fact that you can that <laughs> that that uh, what once involved massive cameras yeah. and lighting uh, uh, system and microphones that that were on the huge booms now just fit in your 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 pocket and you, and you you yourself can take movies and be a movie mogul in in, in essence and oh, yeah. and put these movies on YouTube and yeah. who knows where they will take you I mean but but here's the other fascinating thing our clothing Scotty I'm looking at our clothing and and have we really fully marveled at the fact that our clothing really has stayed the same I'm wearing jeans and a shirt. A T-shirt, which is essentially what Marlon Brando wore <laughs> in 1951. Oh, exactly. And 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 in the 40s, you know, the the fit changes, but there's no. Oh, yeah, I remember that jean. Yes, we called it. We just the name changed. We called it dungarees. Yes, that they, was they the only dungarees. name. And they yeah, would, but that's no difference. We still have them. They, we yeah. just call them different things. And, and, and we had a discussion. Up the, uh, yeah. At the end of the pants leg, they would fold them up. Right. Uh, 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 that, that was the only difference. And now, so, so 
clothing has, in a way, you wonder, maybe clothing just doesn't want to change. You know, we think of clothing as being, you know, the most fashionable, you know, the thing that does change the most. But at least men's clothing, you know, I mean, I still lace up my shoes, Scotty. Yes, oh, yeah. they're lightweight and, and made with polymers and, and new types of fabrics that allow me to run faster and jump higher. Yes, no question about it. And they look if uh, uh, strange, they would look strange to a person in, in the 1950s. That's true. But they still lace up, Scotty. Oh, exactly the same. Now, we talked about, as a member of conversation many years ago in an outdoor uh, cafe, and we were outdoors just because it's nice to eat outdoors. There was no other reason. Yep. And I think we looked around and we did say, uh, you know, that's people, what's, you know, that, that's where they always get it wrong. They're in the year 2050, and they're always wearing these pointy shouldered yes. space suits and all that. Always and it's not going to happen. Pointy shoulders. Pointy the, shoulders, and oh, the people of the future. Hello. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not, ha- not going to happen. It's going to be pretty similar to now. Pretty similar. It's going to still be pants and shirts. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, there may be some new uh, uh, item of clothing. Uh, I mean, what we've, I think the one difference, and, and we have brought this up on uh, recently on this podcast, the one difference is because of the global warming and, and the, uh, the, the rising sea levels, waders, which, you know, those rubberized uh, uh, pants plus shoes, which we've talked about very recently, actually, yeah. waders, actually, I can imagine them becoming normal streetwear. Just, you know, you, you slosh around in these completely rubber overalls. But other than that, you'd probably take them off once you got wherever you Exactly. And actually, and, and yes, your styles have changed. Certainly, yes, Tommy. You have, and I yearn for those days when you go to the airport dressed in your dress to the nines in a suit and tie and everybody was dressed up, going to the theater was dressed up. But that was just, that's just lifestyle and style. The clothes are still the same, but people don't use them in, in the, for those occasions. No. Yeah, more people wear sneakers and walk around Manhattan in shorts and sneakers. But everyone's always had shorts. They just didn't wear it yeah. in the town during the day. Nothing so, new there. No, nothing nothing new, new under the sun, which is only – they always say that nothing yeah. new under the sun. Is, would there be something new somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, and, and how would you be over the sun? And why not? Why under the sun? I never understood that phrase at all. Oh, one, one more thing before we, yeah. we leave this topic, Scotty. Um, one thing that has changed, and I noticed this, that men don't wear button-down short sleeve shirts as much as they used to. That, well, that, that's a look of, I mean, certainly the short sleeve, I've seen it called a camp collar or certainly short sleeve, almost a retro shirts are invoked. But the button-down button shirt, where, I saw it recently, a news yeah. uh, 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 reporter in Florida yeah. was wearing that. And I thought, boy, that's that's not a really fashionable look, even though I, I own still own several button down. But I just don't think it really uh, works well, anymore. Well, it's, you do. Say, I remember the, the short sleeve uh, shirt under a jazz sports coat was always sort of uh, looked at a certain way, you know, a certain look like although it seemed like it. But at the time, didn't it seem amazing? You could still look like you're wearing a long sleeve shirt under a jacket, but it's short sleeve. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. It, you because then you you also your your skin and this is kind of an interesting thing that I never even realized until this minute but one of the things I liked about wearing a short sleeve button down shirt underneath a sports jacket as they call them which is a weird yeah. word for these jackets yeah. that are semi formal actually yeah there's no sport there's involved at all none it's very very confusing that name but you 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 wear and then you feel with the short sleeve shirt you actually feel the fabric 
of the interior of your uh, sports jacket. Oh, great. And, yeah, and I you, enjoy that. Well, didn't you always enough. feel like you were beating the system in a way? Yes. You know, you're wearing the man's clothes, but you had the joy and comfort of shirt, short it's, sleeves and yes. feeling your skin against the light wool jacket or whatever it was. and uh, Or the uh, interior lining, which was yeah. often a silk kind of a... a yes. Thing. But also, but you're right, Scotty, no one had to know because you never had to take off your suit. And I rem- and, and actually, uh, the, when I was referring to just a second ago about the, the uh, reporter uh, from one of the MSNBC, something like one of those um, cable news channels, he was yeah. reporting from Florida, wearing a short sleeve shirt, buttoned down, looked odd, you know, just see, because in the old days, the newsman on on camera newsman always wore suits. I don't care if you were in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Oh, yeah. They would oh, always wear suits. The only time was that Vietnam, Walter Cronkite, they had like the, the army that kind of. Yes. Short sleeve shirt with the flaps. But that, that was the only time. But as, you're right. Every situation, the guy in this. And I kind of missed that. Like, yeah. Now they're always casual. They very almost. Never, unless they're the White House correspondent, uh, wear a jacket and tie. They're always out there and, you know, they're stylish. You know, uh, they all seem to be pretty young. And Scotty, uh, I remember now, I'm just, this is, as they say, jogging my memory. And I remember the great, we mentioned Johnny Carson. Yeah. Who a thousand years from now, people will still know, was the great uh, late night host for many years. And and, uh, he once actually said, Allowed, and I, I I was shocked when he said that he thought he said he thought that there was no item of clothing more silly than a men's tie, mm. it, it, but he wore one every every show. Oh he yeah, never yeah. was he seen without one, and I and I realized at the time, yeah, he's right. I never even thought about it until Johnny Carson, the great uh, comedian and uh, and clothing uh, you know, manufacturer, that Johnny Carson clothes, which were not of the most contemporary, but he no. had these sort of polyester suits that I don't know that he ever wore them, but uh, but he and- did wear for a while uh, uh, madras jackets. Now, I yeah. remember we ta- uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but no, when I was in middle school, madras became the thing and everybody liked madras and they wanted, you know, shirts that that, that were madras or. It's funny you say it because I always thought it was Madras. Yeah, I but know. then again, it's so rarely said. I don't know. So rarely said. I, yeah. I think it's Madras too, but I so rarely say it that I it came out funny when I well, said it. Well, it could be that. And it was a very great for the summer months that we are in yes. now. A very cool. And, 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 and there were oh, just for people listening a thousand years from now. Uh, this was a multicolored effect. It was from India, actually. The cloth yeah, was yeah. from Madras, India. Mm. And, 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 and it would be, and it had some sort of pa- various patterns, multicolored, always, uh, uh, um, you know, d- different, different kind of, uh, I can look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. See, I, I just, just hearing about it. It's geometric, happy. but not yeah. totally. How would you describe it other than that? And, and I liked it. I have to say, I was brainwashed by my fellow students into thinking it was the cool thing. And especially if it bled, if you bled in the washer, it yeah, made yeah. it better because it, 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 the colors would somehow make it look even more madras Well, there were, I think they're Madras pants, too, and shirtings and all yeah. of that. And that's another example. I, it'll come back. And I'm sure parts of the world people are wearing it. And I, to me, you know what, Tommy? I've never owned, and I, this is a part of classic history, but... A seersucker suit, because to what me, crisp seersucker? seersucker. You know, it's that crinkly kind of very crisp 
uh, it's a cotton, but it's very lightweight. Oh, and, I think I have had that. And, yeah. uh, and you know, you could go with the bow tie. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But this seersucker shirts, which I do have, by the way, I have a short sleeve, Banana mm-hmm. Republic Navy Blue short sleeve uh, seersucker shirt, which I loved. I wore it recently. And uh, so basically with clothes, Tommy, they're invented. They're put out there where they remain for really centuries. And we just go through different. Oh, I'm going to wear those again. Yeah, that's what what uh, I think if there's if there's any headline that comes out of this and there are many actually out of this today's podcast. But one of the biggest, I think, is just that whole fascinating um, irony, really. You think of fashion being the most um, uh, higgledy piggledy, um, you know, always changing, always trying new things, always being, uh, you know, forget it. Last year's look. No, it's it's good. It's got to be new and different. Uh, that's how you think of fashion. And yet they kind of really never came up with anything better than, well, socks, for example. Yeah. No, as you, we talked about in an earlier podcast, the, the, the samples, the quality, the, the selection you can get, multicolored socks. Yes, styles change. Men wear orange socks, purple socks. It's, but the socks were invented many, many forever ago. Yeah. So it's, it's just the style, but the, it's not like someday man will, what, what are these things we put on our feet? No, they were invented many. And as you say, Tommy, a picture of you now and Marlon Brando in 1951. First of all, a lot of people go, which one is Brando? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you get that a lot. Thank you. And you both, you both Thank went you. to the same high school. Yeah, well, we did. We did. Libertyville yeah. High School, which uh, is a fact you can never say enough. And the same actual building, it was still, uh, 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 it's since been torn down. But I was, I went to that same building, the Brainerd building, that he drove, Marlon Brando had drove, drove a, had ridden a motorcycle down the hallway and got kicked out. That, what a legend. Well, that's not, that's not, that sounds like a story that, that you think he would do, but of course he never would have done it, but he did. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, like exactly. imagine Marlon Brando running a motorcycle. That's what his character do, but that's what he did. So no, uh, he actually did yeah. that. And then went later appeared in the wild ones and, and rode his own motorcycle. That was not a stump stunt driver. And in a way he was auditioning in the high school and got thrown out. He was the most famous Libertyville High School graduate by far, and he got thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's even if he didn't become a famous actor, he would have been known for his getting thrown out because of the motorcycle. Yeah, uh, 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 completely. That would have been and the same. Hey, say, you wrote a different, an alternate universe. How <laughs> about that Marlon Brando? Oh, yeah, the guy with the motorcycle? Oh, yeah. Everyone knows about him. Yeah. But there well, other- uh, 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 and as you say, there's really very little difference between him and me right now. That's well, exactly. That's the thing. thing. People think so. But then once they see well, the pictures back side by side, they go, but nobody's yeah. been rude enough to point it out and say, no, there's a lot of difference between you and Marlon Brando. And I, I appreciate that fact. Well, I but, think you find but, I, we look for the, the commonalities, but the commonality, I, I don't want to forget that you just said throughout before. And it gave me an image t-shirt. when you said that. That's one of the headlines. There are many headlines of this podcast and every podcast we do. And that made me that made me think of imaging uh, us. You and I were in separate locales. I mean, we're both in Manhattan now, but we're a a circle of reporters with the old style flashbulbs and the legal pads all taking notes right around us, right where we're sitting, taking pictures, videoing everything and the old cameras. And then they got to run out the second the uh, podcast is over to call it in. On the, in the payphone or however they do it. And that, that's what I, I, I picture. Uh, oh, the yeah, new yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. of record I, I where saying. the press yeah. is sitting right on, a, on the floor in my, in my living room where I'm sitting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, in, in the old days, that's right. Uh, um, our podcasts, you know, uh, right now outside the the uh, building that I'm in, because I wouldn't allow the reporters into this um, my uh, private. Apartment. Well, these days too, you know the, the yeah, the, yeah. But in the in in the old days, yeah, they would they would gather around and they would have their big cameras and their flash bulbs, and they'd wait for us to finish uh, our podcast so that when we came out of the studio, they, hey, you got anything for us? You know, all the different yeah. reporters would try to get you know whatever yeah. happened on today's podcast before anybody else could hear about yeah, it. Right, or, right. To get get the lead, and you know, yeah. and then they. They call up at the phone with the one in one hand and they're dialing. Yeah. Mabel, get me the run, press room. They run yeah. to the to the to the pay phone. They would run yeah. because people would have pay phones. I mean, yeah. that, that would be they didn't have their own phone in those days. That's the other thing. We used to use pay phones. Kind of can you imagine you pick up these phones that, that were talked to oh. by other people? <laughs> Thousands of people a day. And we'll talk about uh, and we never questioned it. You no. know, think of this. Think of actually how healthy we are now because uh, uh, you know, literally, not even just in the proximity, they put their mouth on the, the yes. That's the only way you could use it. We didn't go. I don't want to use that phone. No, I'm going to make a call. Oh, good, this is a payphone. I'm going to put my mouth right where this other person did seconds ago. Seconds ago, a random other person. Yeah. Uh, 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 and it's, it's but we we didn't think. Oh my God, that this is uh, this is a super spreader just waiting to happen. We didn't even no. think of those terms. We just said. Well, I uh, uh, I've got the phone now. I hope I have enough change in my pocket to put into. <laughs> yeah, right. that was your only concern. And Tommy, think about. Thankfully, it didn't. Have, but what if this uh, 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 pandemic happened in 1947? You would have seen in Manhattan all those booths closed off. They would be yeah. xed off and be like, you walk by. We'd be walking no, no, by. All those phone booths. Phone booths on the street would, would be, be no there, calling. but they couldn't be accessed. And we'd be walking by going, yeah. wow, isn't that weird? Could you ever, did you ever think, Tommy, we'd be seeing the, the phone booths closed off that you can't yeah. use them? Yeah. So uh, that uh, would be. Uh, yeah, no, no. That's it, another advantage of having, not that you ever wanted to live through this, but we have our own cell phones. We didn't have to rely on communal phones. Oh my goodness. There's so many uh, things that if, if it weren't, uh, uh, if we didn't know about it, if we didn't have cell phones, I, I, I shudder, Scotty. I, I, I truly shudder. It, it really is. And honestly, as we pointed out, it really is the only truly futuristic thing in our lives. Cars. Yes. Cars are, Sometimes electric and the doors open automatically. Yeah, but it's the same idea, basically. It's basically, it's yeah. still four wheels and. And we actually, I would, I would opine that you and I would agree that the past was even more futuristic for automobiles. As we look at those marvelously winged Cadillacs and these incredible concept cars of the fifties and sixties, if you had them today, it would be considered futuristic. Yeah, yeah, very. very uh, to burn a lot of gas, but it would yeah, be no, of... absolutely. But and 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 honestly, there there are some uh, amazing with the touch screens. But then the touch oh, yes. screens get kind of dirty, and they have the bad. The, no, the, there's uh, all those things we spoke of in your great yeah. Volvo XC60, where it beeps if you slide over across the lane. And they actually, I thought you were joking, as they say, when you said it actually spoke to you at one point and said, perhaps you're getting tired, you should pull over and. And I thought that that was a funny bit, as they say. And no, he said, it, "No, that's actually real. That actually is true. And it 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 uh, it, spe it speaks to you on on your dashboard. It doesn't. Uh, it can talk to you if you if you because it has its own. Well, I mean, actually, that whole thing of of driving around and 
uh, a voice telling you when to turn, go through this light, then turn left. Yeah, the GPS. The GPS. That is absolutely futuristic. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, 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 no one you, predicted that either. I don't think no they one predicted figured that. it out. Yeah. No, you know, it's it actually cars have gotten better, definitely more futuristic, but they don't float. They still are on four wheels. That's, <laughs> That's but there is figured. something some might say, and we appreciate the GPS and all that. But we've lost a little something because some people who are so fixated on the GPS, actually, I think they should also do it without just to get a sense of their surroundings. Because sometimes the GPS will be like, turn left now, watch, I, you know, and so and some people have no idea where they are. So I think it'd be nice to familiarize yourself and then use the GPS. They and do. even my, my ex-wife, uh, uh, we used to have little disagreements, but she loved maps. And that was at a time when I think GPS uh, even existed, but yeah, I, she I, wanted to look at the map, which I really respect because it's good to have that foundation of let's see where I am. So it's, it's not a surprise when these directions come up. And uh, so, well, the worst thing is when you're, well, I was saying the worst thing, but it does happen that you're, you, I actually do think GPS lets you view your surroundings more because you're, your head isn't in a map all the time. Well, that would be good not to have the map while you're driving. That's true. Like when I'm driving across country, I really saw more because I was just listening to the lady tell me when to turn. I wasn't even bothering to worry about what exit or, you know. Oh, no, no. Especially a solo driver. Yeah, solo driver. It's perfect. Yeah. You had been fumbling around with the maps and the Thompson guide, which was, I don't know if that was only the, the LA Thompson area. guy, which was yeah. an LA thing, you know, the, this book and you learn how to use it. And it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't so, you know, you had to really learn how to use this big, thick. And book. everyone had it. Everyone, had everyone it. had it in the yeah. back seat of their car. Yeah. But, but now I've got to say driving is much, much uh, easier now in, in the future. But there's oh oh here's one other thing though we're on our and this this adaptive cruise control which I mentioned in the past how you will the car will uh, you, you you can drive in traffic if the car in front of you slows down you'll automatically slow down and and come to a stop and then if you change lanes it'll speed up again and and you don't even have to press the accelerator or the brake for a long time really you go yeah. hundreds and hundreds of miles and never. Never. Accept. However, so that's on, that's cool. And it's on the way to this to the robo car, the car that just basically drives your chauffeurs you around. You press in the button and, and it takes you anywhere. However, there is a, a problem with that, uh, with the robo car and has been pointed out by people uh, uh, other than ourselves. And that is eventually the robo car will st- Will it always will keep you safe, and it will always keep the the anything in front of it safe, right? So if a pedestrian walks in front of a robo car while you're driving down the street, you know you're riding around, the, your car will stop. That means any pedestrian could just walk in front of you and make the car stop. Yeah. In a way, this is a better uh, uh, time period because uh, um, you can imagine the fun that some. Uh, uh, um, mean pedestrians will have just jumping out in front of cars, uh, robot stopping cars. them. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll get to the point where the robot could tell if it's a mean person or a good person. And and if it's a mean person, it'll just run them over. Well, <laughs> well uh, you know, you know, I wouldn't go on regular. I would just say that it would scare them, but not run them over, but just sort of 
something. Yeah, a little a sound like yeah, well a honking. How about it could it could, like yeah. maybe the robocar honks at people like or just water shoots out at them or something. They could do that. Yeah, it's a but interesting there, thing to do. There's actually there. It, it has been said that that in the future that the robocar will actually slow down traffic and that you can ride your bicycle in the middle of the street. Doesn't matter. The car will always slow down for you. And and so this, in a way, you need some. Uh, 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 in, uh, if you you you're actually going to have to have people who are still driving, or else nobody will stop for cars. They'll just. That's true. I, I still, as we've talked about on this podcast, a little reticent about even the you know the driverless cars or robotic cars in general. I, and I don't know again quite what the figure, what the need is uh, exactly, because it seems like there's plenty of people. Who, want to drive and there's a lot of drivers and so and also i do worry about you know obviously if it uh, and then again people say well humans will make mistakes more than the uh, robots and computers and may well be true too so i guess i'm a little old school with seeing the you know that guy or gal behind the wheel and uh, you know that that whole thing but uh, maybe no but i'm telling you i think i think it's going uh, I, I think there are unintended consequences uh, uh, with the robot car that'll make it actually unusable and yeah I mean, right. if anybody well, you... can just walk in front of it, they will. I will. If I know it's a robo car, if I know the world is just robo cars, I'll just walk right out in the middle of the highway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. We'll disrupt traffic patterns. So yes. I think we need to change human nature or get rid of mean people. That's first. what we got to do. So that could take, a, I don't know, five to 10 years getting rid of all the mean people in the world. And some people who no, I'm impatient. Let's put the technology in now. And then one voice, lone voice saying, no. We must rid the world of the mean people first. <laughs> and then, you know, they look at them and, oh, people like you, there never would have been anything, any inventions. Well, but what about humanity? And then they kick him out of the room. <laughs> so no, I, but, I, I love your plan, Scotty. It, yeah. it really, really makes sense. Let's change human nature and then let's have robocars. Yeah. Yeah. First uh, things uh, first. I love it. I, 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 yeah. I think that's, that, uh, um, you know, and, and, and as you say, it, it Five years at the most it would take to change yeah. everybody's human nature. It just I mean, change them to nice people. And, you know, people always say you don't, you're not entitled to nice things. Yeah, those people right now aren't entitled to have these breakthroughs. So we got to just work on them for five to ten years. Well, and five to ten years. Turn them I mean, into nice people. Yeah, yeah you don't want to do the slippery slope of, yeah, five. I would say go for five years because once, you know, Let's try to get it done. Let's just right. get it out of the way. Let's change human behavior for every. My fear is that we'll have like, it's a, kind of like the vaccination. It'll be like about not even quite 70% uh, uh, have been changed at the end of five years. Well, Do, you know what I mean? And yeah, then, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's like, okay, well, the, the, the remaining people are, are hesitant to be changed. What do you do about them? Yeah, it's always the last 30%. You're right, Tommy. Well, I wish I had the answer for it. In fact, Saved by the Bell, Tommy, we've come to a close for for, for the week and for today's uh, podcast. Yeah. But that's a question we'll be uh, revisiting as we do anything involving the present, the future, the past. But we do believe, just to, to summarize from today, Tommy, we appreciate yeah. the present and we can't wait for the future. And we want to have stuff to look forward to. Uh, th th this is such a, a deep theme in the getting through this podcast, Scotty. And I, 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 I always... Uh, I, I feel a special sort of pride about these particular shows where where we we re we realize that we are in the future now. We yeah. who saw the future in 1964. We are in it. We are 
truly walking around in a world where surprisingly people still wear socks and get splashed in the mud, but we have a little movie studio in our pockets. Exactly, Tommy. And we wear the same clothes basically too as decades ago, but we still move forward. Which is good for hand-me-downs. Yeah, exactly. It's a very practical thing. Well, for now, Tommy, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm always going to be Tom Saunders and we're getting through this.